There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Arr, grog. Hey guys, it's the Sideshed Podcast. I've had a pretty grim week in terms of the archers, but a spectacular week personally, in case you care. Kerry, Matthew, how have yours been? Uh, yeah, I don't think it's been that grim on the archers front. And I have also had a really spectacular week in that my favourite thing this week is I've been going for early morning walks with my daughter before work. Constitutionals, as Jim might call them. Yes, exactly. So before 7am, we leave the house and have a wander around the park. I think the weather being glorious has, has really helped it be enjoyable. Very nice. Yeah, it's been a wonderful start to the day. I wake up bleary-eyed and I turn on my phone and the first thing I see is Kerry glowing back down at me, walking around Brighton, <laughs> feeling very healthy, very happy, and I'm in bed thinking, I should have been doing this, <laughs> but I'm not. Now I went back to the classroom this week, went back to school, teaching the kids uh, face-to-face rather than on Zoom, you know, which is a... It's a mixed blessing. You know, it's good to have contact in inverted commas with them again. I don't know. I was starting to feel like I did my best work in my pyjama shorts and a a Led Zeppelin t-shirt, to be honest. I really liked the picture uh, that Matthew sent us, which was kind of, it looked like a kind of lake of hair that he left on the floor of the barbers as he got himself ready to go and, uh, um, you know, show the kids his boss. Yeah, the most distressing thing about that was when I went back in, they were like, why didn't you cut your hair? (laughs) (laughs) so i mean who knows what they would have thought if they'd have seen it before sunday but um i mean everyone's come back looking a bit like they're a roadie for a 1970s rock band so and in one case one of our colleagues was a roadie for a 1970s rock band so we'll get through it (laughs) with the teaching thing obviously there's a certain amount of kind of stagecraft you know the the ability to teach relies on you having the children in your thrall and to a certain extent fearing you how quickly did you manage to get back into that mode that kind of terrifying teacher mode where they're just you know one one look across the classroom and they um you know they shit themselves um it probably took until about today Right. Okay. So for a couple of days, they were yeah. running you around a bit. So someone shot themselves today. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, yes, when when you are Matthew. yeah, when you are at home teaching via Zoom, you can't really check if they're filling everything in the exercise book. And I try not to be a book teacher. Filling in their much. shorts yeah. as well. Is yeah. that the gag? Yeah. Yes, that's the one. And yeah. today we kind of did a book check, and there was um, less filling of books mm. over the break, and there was more filling of shorts in the class today. Aww. Every teacher has his has his breaking point 
and so do I. And but the, they seem to know that as well, so that they're not that pushy. That's good. They they care, they care, they don't fear you, but they care about you. Uh, I would like to think respect, but probably not. They probably make TikTok videos about me behind my back. <laughs> you haven't you haven't answered the grim question though. Did you on the grimometer? Peter said it was grim. The archers. I felt it wasn't. Um, I didn't think it was that grim. I naturally migrate towards light relief in the archers, mm. and I tend I tend to think as the light relief as the core entertainment and i tend to think of the 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 more depressing elements of a bunch of people moaning <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i that's definitely how i listen to the archers but i and i do try and remind myself that you know that are that that mine and matthew's way is not is not the sort of like perhaps the most common or the most popular way and there are, there are plenty of people who do view it more as a drama rather than as a kind of a uh, I don't know, an exercise in self-flagellation slash light comedy. It's, it's it's a weird time because I do really respect the new editorial team. I really like what they've been doing. It's definitely the best version of The Archers I think I've heard in years. The production levels are up. It, it's just all around amazing, including the monologues, although I know I was in the minority for that. But I just, I can't, I the, the Alice thing is just crushing me. I, I, I'm really finding it difficult now. It's gone on for a long time. I know that's how things work in real life, but they just keep on adding layers to it. And I know that alcoholism is complex, but now there's infidelity. And there's just all, it, it, every time you think it can't get any worse, they're adding something extra. It feels like it's been going on for a long time, but I, it hasn't actually. I think they've kind of ramped it up quite fast. And I'm quite worried that she's going to just be tipped over the edge. Yeah, that does scare me. This is the problem, is that the childish part of me and that just wants the fun, just wants a bit of silly light relief, although um, more about that later with Lillian and Justin. But the part of me that wants that is also sort of tempered by a desperate concern for Alice and sort of like a fear that she does something awful. Because I do care about Alice mm. and actually I do notice that a lot of people are quite sort of mean about her and sort yeah. of... And quite sort of dismissive, dismissive of her problem. There's a kind of a chuntering, oh, just snap out of it, be nicer, be mm. better kind of uh, motif going on, which I, I think shows lack of compassion. Yeah, I'm going to come across as a complete hypocrite now from what I said in my intro. But, you know, I do think that one of the elements that's happening here, and it's probably quite um, true to life, is that there is a massive naivety about what she is going through. Yes. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend to be an expert on alcoholism i'll leave that to somebody else it's not my job what i do think is surprising in some places but also probably quite true to life is that for example someone like fallon with her backstory mm -hmm. um is viewing it just through the prism of what she's she views it as mm -hmm. and there was a really punchy line that i thought when Al um, alice was speaking to harrison at the beginning of the, the week. And she said, I don't expect you to understand. Chris certainly doesn't. Yeah. And this, this idea that she's completely isolated and going through this alone, even though they are supposedly all with her. Mm. And I thought that Fallon as well, you know, Fallon was, I thought Fallon was a boss this week. And I thought some of her lines were, you know, she didn't go around there and confront and blow the cat out of the bag. She went round and cancelled their godfather godmother mm. contract and i feel that there is this element of no one really knows what what it is to be 
an alcoholic and I don't know either. But I, I remember as a kid when I was about 12, some guy, I think probably from AA, came to the school, stood in our classroom and said, I'm an alcoholic. What does that mean? And I put up my hand thinking I was smart as a 12 year old and said, you drink every day. And this was the feeder line. I played mm. right into his hands and he said, no, I haven't drunk for 20 years. But I could walk to that pub over the road from the school, drink, and I'd be back to square one. And it seems a few people don't really understand that in the archers. Even Fallon was like, well, she didn't drink when she was pregnant. Yeah. Mm. We've all heard her be affectionate to Wayne. She has a complex relationship with Wayne, but the way it was described, obviously she was angry. So I'm, you know, and I am a huge Fallon fan as well. But they, they seem to write her as if she was forgetting the kind of complexity that you can do wrong and fail and be unpleasant. And, and not lose the whole of your soul, the whole of your personality. Mm. Like, you know, Alice can be Alice can be a good woman and fail people and be temporarily bad. That's That didn't seem to be a lesson she'd learned from her dad. Yeah, but Fallon was put into a tricky situation because of Alice trying it on with her husband. So she was coming at it from, I'm not defending anything really just an observation that that was an added layer to it wasn't it i know it's not a gender thing kerry but mm. like so at the end of the week i was like chris was like and he got very menacing he's like, he was like uh yeah. uh and apologies to matthew here he was like yeah but it wasn't infidelity before was it are you, um, that, are and, you, you, know. are you saying apologies to me because you think i speak like that <laughs> what more you're more chris than you are kerry let's put it that way well i mean we, we i think we established last week that you just fake this fop accent you've got and you were actually dragged up that's his real uh, voice though what he's just used just now i actually <laughs> i actually apologize my mum was visiting this week and i did say to her look mater i did speak rather out of turn on the podcast last week and i might have suggested that we were mm, sometimes not people of means and uh anyway she she forgave me we had a little um glass of um um, what would posh people drink? I don't know. Sherry? Sherry. <laughs> sherry. <laughs> Glass sherry. We moved past it. And then you went downstairs and gave the underbutler a kicking. <laughs> <laughs> he loves it. But what was what was I waffling on about before you uh, Oh that was it. Yeah. Um so yeah, I don't want to get it's not I don't want to get too sort of like, you know, women versus men. But Chris got all kind of stereotypically like, you know, oh he got quite aggressive. What did you think about I mean Fallon controlled herself, she didn't go around there, Kerry. What would what would be what do you what's your take as a woman? Yeah, I think at the heart of this is what is Alice and Fallon's relationship? So, you know, if some random tries to cop off with your husband, you deal with it in a very different way. If a friend tries to cop off with your husband and you find out that they're an alcoholic, you deal with it in a different way. So, you know, it's... it was an overload of information, wasn't it? At once? Yeah. yeah. And, and it's been kept secret from you. And almost the worst bit was when... Um, Fallon said, but the person I thought I knew isn't the real Alice. So there was the deception as well. You know, she's lied to her. Then Harris, she found out Harrison had known about this information for since last year and hadn't told her. So this huge amount of things swirling around in her mind. So all things considered, she did pretty well. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I think so. Yeah. She kind of threw it up as well to Harrison. A loyalty came into it a lot didn't it like she said you know I think that's something that a spouse should know when she talked about what Alice mm. had done to yeah her. and that was I thought that was a bit of a we spoke last week about how Fallon dropped you know dropped that bomb to Jenny about oh yeah it's a common flaw to say things without realizing you're upset someone I thought mm. like she was doing that to Harrison as well to say like oh you know you shouldn't keep things from your mm. from he your might spouse. be in trouble he might be in trouble next week I mean they might not have time in the plot but it would be 
quite natural for her to kind of revisit that and be actually like, do you know what Harrison well done for trying to be a good friend but you you know you let me down as a husband in the process um you know I can't imagine keeping a secret like that from Charlotte mm. but you know I mean that's but that's that's not me trying to say I'm a better or good man just that I'm not capable of keeping secrets well I mean we were it was quite prophetic really we spoke about it last week didn't we you said that he would have to tell her mm. yeah and, and it, they pretty much addressed that head on I'm glad he did I mean it's the right thing to do but yeah I I did I did feel like Fallon was being too harsh I just I did, I did when she was speaking to, to Alice I just sort of I don't know I think I just don't feel I don't feel like Fallon wouldn't be able to just at least offer some kind of um, more. I mean, she did the right thing by not um, uh, um, betraying Harrison's sort of word. Harrison had given his word and she didn't break his promise on his behalf. And that must have been difficult for her to do. But I do think that she, she, uh, what's the right way of putting it? Alice is very vulnerable. No matter how cross she is with Alice, she knows how vulnerable she is. And by um, by taking away her friendship in such an absolute way, she is putting Alice's health at risk. Do and you think it's tough love? No, I just I, I think that if she if she is if she has experienced having a, a family member who's an alcoholic, then she would probably realise that. Um, cutting off support is not going to do them any favours and potentially can cause more problems down the line. Yeah, but Chris knows she's a vulnerable person and look how he's behaving. Uh, Yeah, but then, but yeah, I mean, do you know what? As I'm talking, I'm disagreeing with myself. Isn't this just lack of knowledge, though? I think it's just lack of knowledge about it, about what she's really going through. I think it's that and that it's a very, very complicated, complex situation for everyone involved. Mm -hmm. And more power to the archers for writing it that way. Mm. They have in the past been very kind of um, uh, Lego bricks about, you know, cause and effect. This brick goes on top of that brick and then this happens and that happens. You know, they they have allowed this to become messy and complex Mm. and sort of, um, and, you know, Matthew's neat joke last week about who knows this and when and where and who actually, you know, they've they've left it kind of, it is a bit sort of line of duty in its kind of complexity. Mm. I tell you what I'm still a bit cheesed up about is that, um, that it hasn't occurred to either Chris or Alice yet that they just need to admit that they need help together. Why yeah. hasn't that happened? Why that, no that's, one... that's, that's at the heart of it all, isn't it? That mm. they're just not getting the help they need to get. Or asking for it or admitting they need it or anything. Yeah, or... and I think, I think all of that would come if they tell Jenny and Brian. Yeah, yeah. Who is going to tell? Is it going to be Harrison? I just wonder who it's going to be who's going to break the news. Uh, someone on Twitter actually today put that they think um, Alice, I think it was Titian on Twitter, um, they think Alice may or they hope Alice is going to Peggy's. Oh, but oh, well, she's in for a horrible shock. No, why would she? But then but Kate's still there, isn't she? She wouldn't go there in a million years if Kate's there. Where is she going? Where would do you think she'll go? I mean, if I was her, I would plot Kate on a map and then walk in exactly the opposite direction for as long as I could. I mean, she's <laughs> been appallingly bad. Anyway, but yeah, mm-hmm. that's, but I mean, being being serious about it, I mean, maybe maybe her sponsor. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. it would have to be Brian and Jenny, wouldn't it? But there, there was a real a real up and down with this when because when Harrison was telling Fallon and he said, you know, 
she said it was a bit of a cheek that she called you to pick her up. And he mm. said she was hammered. And she went, huh, typical Alice. Mm. <laughs> and then two seconds later, she was like, she can't be an alcoholic. Oh, she's yeah. hammered all the time. And the, and I know it. That's why I think it's just that that um, lack of understanding. But, you mm. know, maybe that's what it's all about. It's mm. about... It'll be interesting to see if they do a, a little bit of a... Um, they have they have held um, a mirror up to to us as as listeners about our um, you know how we use nail bars, how we search for the best deal possible with builders, all that sort of stuff. Um, and it will be interesting to see if they do a bit of that as a, in part of the post mortem with Alice when the word goes around the village and you know people sort of confront the fact that Jazza, uh, who was it who said that pointed out that Jazza was basically a functioning alcoholic. Mm. I can't remember, but anyway, that you know, you've and Kerry said many times before that you know, like Brian is basically an alcoholic. Um, Kate is, um, you know, there's there's big chunks of the village that well, our our podcast is called the cider shit. Yeah, and you do you, know, you do notice the mentions of booze all the more. I think you know, you know, even when Jim said, "Let's have another bottle of wine," mm. and over Brian said, I'm sh- "Yeah," and Brian said. Um, I'm sure we'll find a use for the Rioca before mm. she insisted on hanging on to it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, um, you know, I, I haven't had a drink in over a year now, as everyone is very tired of me saying. But um, I've got a bottle of wine that's sitting on my shelf in the bedroom, and the I, that would have been impossible a year ago. There's mm. no way a bottle of wine would have sat around for even three days. Mm in the past and you know and there it is on the shelf and i barely even notice it but every now and again i look at it I'm like, oh there you are how remarkable <laughs> you're still there untouched on my shelf i think just as a country we have a mm. big old problem but yeah, and as i said it'll be interesting to see if they do hold yet another mirror up to us yeah. well i tell you what we said we weren't going to talk about it <laughs> and we've talked about it a lot oh yeah well it it's i mean I'm I'm glad that you two weren't as um, sort of crushed by it as I was crushed is a big word, isn't it? But uh, you know, as uh, uh, you know, I was, I was really it really did affect my mood today and on Monday. I kind of I was like, oh god, this is this mm. is so tough. It's so difficult to listen to, uh, and I think it's 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 weird because on the one hand, as I said, I can't wait for it to end, but on the other hand, I do do as Kerry has pointed out, desperately worry about what Alice is going to yeah. do. Yeah, I didn't want to sound callous and flippant at the beginning. I mean, the reality is it's just maybe I do put up a barrier to these storylines because I love listening to this um, to the show. And it's, you know, I know that this I have this sinking feeling that this is not going to end well. It can't. I don't think it can, because just from a practical point of view. What, what are they going, what are they possibly going to do? So um, Alice and Chris stay together and. And now they've got to constantly go back to Alice's alcoholism. It's it's too big a thing, you know. Like they'll have to revisit it. You know, she's there is as there's there's such a wide range of alcoholisms of different ways of suffering from the disease or having the problem. And I think that you know Alice is definitely at a quite severe end of that spectrum. You know, I think she's not just got a she's not just got a sort of a, a, a mental. Mm-hmm. Mental addiction. She's also physically addicted. It seems to me. Look, mm-hmm. it's you know, it's it's it's, uh, and I don't see how they, they they maybe they she maybe she has to leave the village. Maybe she has to go somewhere else. Mm. And I think it's all the lying and the you know, it's impossible to trust her, isn't it? Yeah. You know, how can Chris, Chris is already you know when he was saying oh and did he kiss you back and actually was it the alcohol or is that what you actually has been wanting 
very oh, wow. very hu- very human reaction that though isn't it it is yeah. it is but what i'm saying is that it's difficult for chris to trust anything that she's saying or and he'll be worrying about what she's doing for quite a long time yeah and also what she'd been up to in the past you know yeah. she's been off she's been off she's been getting drunk away at work as he now has worked out and he, he sort of hinted at that she's been getting drunk at work going out with her you know her her colleagues night after night chasing sales and so if if she can do that with his best friend why on earth wouldn't she have done it a hundred times before um you know maybe just drunken snogs i'm not sort of trying to overplay it but mm-hmm. you know but uh you know that would that would definitely eat at him i'm sure i mean i'm not a particularly jealous type but that would definitely be something that would leap to my front of my mind yeah and uh, alice said herself she hates what she's doing to to um martha and chris she knows that she's being really destructive. Um, it's just she wants to just remove herself. She's almost doing things to make Chris repel her um, so that she can be out of the picture. Well, that's mm. what Harrison thought. That mm. was that's what he said to Fallon, wasn't it? He, he thinks that she was trying to do yeah. it to be so controversial and to do something that he would have to walk away from mm. it's quite it's quite weird how insightful he is as a as a friend and then how uninsightful he is as a policeman yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes. you know, it, so transnational crime rings can happen right on his doorstep <laughs> and he, his, his radar doesn't even ping isn't there a scene in the pink panther where peter, mm. peter sellers pulls everyone out he's pulling some up guy for a massive traffic small minor traffic offense and an entire bank robbery is going on behind <laughs> him while he's reprimanding the driver oh i love that oh, they're similarly likable as well aren't they as characters who's kato in in, <laughs> in this scenario is it lee yeah, <laughs> Lillian and Justin, it's only this podcast that meant that the radio stayed on. I could I could not mm. believe what I was listening to. And once I once I realized it wasn't just going to be for a few minutes, but it was going to be, you know, the the dominant part of a whole episode. Yeah. I was just sort of like list, listening in horror, sort of just desperately wanting to clap my hands over my ears. Mm. When I re-listened today to that episode, which was uh, Wednesday, was it Wednesday's episode? No, it wasn't, was it? Tuesday's. Um, it was a relief to be able to just skip through those bits because it was bloody pointless. Oh, no, I totally disagree. I loved it. What you love. So come on then, give us the sales pitch. Well, I've missed Lillian. Fair enough. I liked the idea that Ben's time capsule got another mention because I think this time capsule now must be, I don't know, it's got to be the size of a a small nuke at this point, hasn't it's got, it? It's got its own postcode. Maybe this is maybe this is what they're trying to do. At a time when the British Museum is being challenged by the fact that Ethiopia, Greece, all these different countries are asking for their artifacts back, um, and basically the building's going to empty out. They're trying to show that we we had there is a British Museum in amongst us there already. Didn't this feel like an old school Friday episode to you? Like a kind of a nonsense episode, or a Sunday one, or maybe a Sunday one where like nothing was really. Really yeah, happening. What was the point of it other than, I, you know, the daffodil uh, Justin picture? Yeah, he's updating his LinkedIn right now, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's, that was the thing that, because I think Kerry made that point 
And I that's exactly what I was thinking. It's like just a second. They don't now that they're down to four episodes a week, they don't blow five to seven minutes of an episode on something that's complete nonsense. And this week they did. But no, but this is what I'm thinking. Are we going to have to, you know, when, the, you know, it was like, oh, my God, the, uh, Linda's chained herself to the bull. Oh, this is going to this is going to go on for a week. This is absolutely bananas. Or the ridiculous um, Eccles, the peacock thing that managed mm. to be several weeks. Are we going to be listening to because didn't Lillian threaten to sort of out Justin's daffodil picture? And he, she, he she, off, she said she was going to send it to Jenny and um, and Tony and see if they could identify him for a tenor, which seems to be the wager of choice in Ambridge, <laughs> a tenor, isn't it? But um, I just, I my honest impression with this was this was an outtake that just they threw in from around the time capsule storyline. But Justin did say something like, um, I don't want you to be messing with my cred at this point in time because he's trying to, you know, make some deals isn't it yeah he doesn't want cute and vulnerable on his cv exactly yeah he's trying to rebuild his reputation after being booted off but that doesn't make any sense anyway because he's supposed they 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 had him as basically a billionaire at the beginning i i liked his um his takedown of uh (laughs) of lillian's art as a kid (laughs) it was just it's, it's terrible like i mean i've i've gone to look at child's children's uh art shows before and you do have this inner voice going god that's crap (laughs) (laughs) but you don't want to say it i'm about to do a very rare thing i never do this i'm going to pay myself a massive compliment um i before my son was born i was always i always said like you know um that kids art is shit and it is and that's not a particularly original thing to say but um but people are always like oh but when it's your own kid no um, Cyrus brings home stuff from nursery and I cannot wait till to get it in the bin. It is dreadful. <laughs> and when he finally does something good, I might, I will be over the moon and I will want to pin it somewhere and be proud of it. But it's, that's a very long way away. Way away. I'm not going to ruin my house with that nonsense. Yeah. Send Justin down to, um, to judge the next, you know, infant school <laughs> art show. That's the episode I want to hear. Yes. Jemima, is it? Uh, um, it's a reductive. It's unoriginal. <laughs> you, you, the tech, even the techniques are poorly. <laughs> he was very nasty about Lillian's little grey rabbit as well, wasn't he? She had these. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, Sorry. Patheticness alert. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's just it's, something bad's happened to my brain. I, can't, I, need to, I need to repair it. Sorry, guys. No, it's anyway. okay. Something's happened to Lillian's little grey rabbit. You were saying no, it was yeah. the book. It's some series of books that she had, and he wanted to to trash them, to throw them in the bin. She was like, "Not my little grey rabbits." So he, yeah, that surprised me. Um, I also like the way she referred to Justin as the man who never looks back, which made her sound him like a Bond villain. But I thought the whole cigar box thing, when Lillian came back and she did that photo drama, and she was like, "I found a photograph. Look at this." I was like. Tone is a bastard. Yeah. I was just waiting for this amazing scene. <laughs> and it was bloody Justin in a daffodil costume. Oh, God. I was so that, disappointed. He's that embarrassed about the picture. Why has he kept it for so long in his special treasured box thing? Good question. I would like to think that there is a lot more 
to come from this daffodil storyline. And mm. I'm go- if there isn't, I'm going to go off and write some fan fiction. Yeah, yeah, that's my that's basically my point. Is it's to, they, 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 there's got to be there's got to be some spillover from this. Jazza is being fated as the the pig whisperer, and Tracy is the Jazza whisperer. You know, he was he was he was going in completely the wrong direction, and she just very gently, very you get you sort of realise what a good couple they'll make because mm. she just very gently and very encouragingly steered him towards the right decision. Yep, I did say this a long time ago that I think she will bring the best out of Jazza. Yeah, um, yeah, she she nudged him quite heavily towards this job, didn't she? Yes, and 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 also when he was being um, slow to sort of t- take hints, mm-hmm. she then moved into another gear and just started giving him sort of like cold, hard, and rather flattering facts. Yeah, exactly. She had all the evidence to back up her <laughs> her reasons for pushing him towards the pigs. But then when he got to the pigs, he clearly loves doing it. And but then that was quite a touching bit, wasn't it? When when he said. Um, well, the reason I'm sort of shying away from this is I went for the job before and they knocked me back. Mm. So, you know, bless him. There is a reason why he's not gone for it. They're really trying to move Jazza. They're really trying to round him out as a character. He mm-hmm. has been sort of fairly one-dimensional for years and years. Mm. And just this year, this last year and a half, um, his relationship with Jim, his supporting Jim, this new relationship with Tracy. That obviously they've they've marked out a big new sort of exciting space for him, and I'm quite excited. I'm quite looking forward to it, forward to it happening. And Hannah seems to have disappeared as well, so he seems to be kind of like mm-hmm. sliding into that slot. I don't know what's. I saw Hannah. that the other day. Where is Hannah? But they have they have split roles, don't they? Like Han- Hannah is sort of deals with one part of the pig process and Neil with the other. I think isn't Hannah sort of the indoors and she's the he's the outdoors. Yeah, he does the intensive of. stuff. Yeah. So she does the cruel the Cruella de Vil, um, Matthew's brain is now firing like a, you know, like, a, you know, the, one of those genius scenes in the movies where the guy kind of like stares forward and all the numbers are flashing. It's like the Matrix. <laughs> He's like, okay, Cruella de Vil, pig joke, pig puns, pig puns, pig puns. Um, got, but, nothing. Uh, got nothing. Got nothing. Oh, never mind. It'll come to you. Yeah, she's she's in like she's in the pig house zapping all the pigs with you know mm. un- unnecessarily with kind of um, uh, electric prods and kind of cackling <laughs> as she does it, screaming abuse at her underlings. Um, now she's a nasty piece of work. Mm. I, I'll be glad if, she, if they just sort of like quietly axe her. Yeah. I, I did. Yeah, I, I get your point, Kerry. Like I, at the end of tonight's episode, I was thinking, why is he not into it? Why? And she eventually coaxed it out of him, yeah. didn't she? That he felt he'd been knocked back. I liked that scene at the beginning of the week with Neil mm. and Jazzer. I mean, you know, it's like, what has he said? Great minds think alike. And he's like, what? He's like, we're drinking coffee. <laughs> <laughs> like it was, you know, that they discovered splitting the atom or something. Clutching at straws there, really. <laughs> yeah. But Neil, I mean, we had the the, the real polar opposites of pig emotion because he was like i wouldn't trade working with pigs for anything in the world and then his phone went off and two seconds later it was like bloody oh, pigs ruined my again. life yeah, yeah. <laughs> they've <laughs> escaped which and then Liz, lizzie was talking about escaping pigs as well wasn't she when she was yeah. poo-pooing the rex magic pigland field that suddenly has appeared under some brambles yeah. which happens to have a lovely lane for access and uh 
you know, it was just so, so perfect, that appearing, wasn't it? That Lily was like, oh, I'll just show you this. Maybe it'll solve all your problems instantly. Maybe it won't. But I, I did, yeah. I, I, and, you know, Elizabeth, I think she's, there's a bit of age old spite as to why she won't give it to a fair brother, isn't there? But um, mm. I did, you know, I, I liked that whole back and back and forth between Neil and Jazza mm. about fish. By the way, tonight's episode, you've got Tracy and Jazza, and Jazza's showing her around the polytunnels. And she's asking, you know, D- does it get boring? He said, well, occasionally Adam pops in. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would Gary. be like, you know, oh. okay, all right. See you, Adam. Now, what were you saying, Mr. Carp? <laughs> I thought I thought of Kerry while I was listening to it. I thought mm. Kerry would be kind of punching the air yep. with and, satisfaction. And hats off to Jazza, right? You can't do the accent of Adam. You can't get the tone of voice right, but you f***ing nailed it because he's so boring. <laughs> of course oh, well, he co- is. COVID is affecting the restaurant industry and that's affecting us. Piss off. I'm so glad he's not been in it recently. Really. I mean, that would have tipped me over the edge. But, but, I mean, the the gym, this is a digression here, but the gym, Jazzer, Tracy, dinner. You know know how I feel about that. Well, yeah. I was going to say that that was the other, you know, that compared to the awful Lillian and Justin scenes, the Tracy and Jim light touch was brilliant. I thought I really enjoyed that where she genned up on her ancient Greek facts and they didn't matter in the end at all because they just got along, didn't they? And had fun and, you know, clearly have an affection for each other. When I made my notes for that, my brain wasn't in gear and I wrote, she boned up on the Romans. <laughs> and I was like, no, that, that's what she did before. Oh, <laughs> She boned well up done. on the Greeks. That wasn't an intentional joke. Oh, right. Okay. Um, one of you said about, uh, you know, how sweet it was that Jazza was insecure about um, about the fact that he'd been sacked, or not sacked, hadn't been given the opportunity mm. at Barrow Farm before. And then, um, and then you had also Tracy sort of worrying about you know uh, making the same mistake that Jay did make and not sort of just you know not not trusting yourself and I think it was it was really well written to show that you know these two otherwise kind of strident mm-hmm. put, shove it in your face never take a backward step people still have those vulnerabilities you yes. know still have those kind of sensitivities I really enjoyed that yes I, yeah I mean I like the idea um you know Tracy said to Jazza she was nervous and she felt like she had to study almost to kind of go in and have that dinner with Jim. Yeah. And, she she know, knew how terribly it had gone with Jade, didn't she? She does not want to be Jade Mark II at all. She keeps mentioning Jade all the time, doesn't she? <laughs> like, did you bring Jade to this uh, state? No, oh, I hope that doesn't did become you? a drama. Yeah. I can't, yeah. I, can't, I mean, I, th- I think it was surely we're going to be given a month or two of kind of, you know, happy early relationship bliss. And I had a, I had a flashback to my old technical drawing classes because the even the archimedes screw got a mention <laughs> i was struggling to remember what it was i remember having to do that in a in a test question but, yeah. um do, do you remember what it was uh i do do you want the childish joke that's just come into my head or do you want the reality <laughs> uh, uh I, I want the childish joke please <laughs> the archimedes screw is one where you shout eureka when you come <laughs> <laughs> 
Thank you the, very much. The reality is, as I recall, <laughs> is it some kind of irrigation thing that they designed from taking water from lakes to take yeah. up the hill? Was it's, like it? oh, yeah. it's like a corkscrew. Yeah, it's a corkscrew in, in, in a cylinder, in a, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I, yeah, I liked the. Yeah, she. I mean, Jazza, as you said earlier, Kerry, like mm. she, she had knowledge of the tagine, which I thought was good because Jazza was bemoaning the fact that Alistair puts fruit in a in everything casserole. Yeah. But she was like, "Oh, Ian does that at Grey Gables. So yeah. I presume that's on his early bird Moroccan peasant <laughs> menu." Kerry, do you think there's going to be a little the pitter patter of little trotters, um, little mini mini Jazzers? I know my gut feeling is that Tracy would not want to have another child. Uh, she's she's got her Brad and her Chelsea. I was thinking it might be because this is why they make it. They're they're putting such efforts into sort of making Jazza more responsible, so that the like the ultimate expression of that is a sort of surprise baby. Oh well, you could well be right. I I my thought is that it's just to show that he will be a good stepdad. I'm kind. Of, I'm hopeful. I'm. I'm feeling optimistic. I. I. I really want that. I think I'd, that'd be a plot I could really, really enjoy. Tracy, the tired, reluctant, but sort of ultimately happy mm-hmm. older mother, um, sort of like dragging along a panicking jazzer, as he sort of like <laughs> tries to negotiate sort of huge levels of terror and excitement about becoming a dad. Mm, yeah, I. I hadn't actually thought of that. I. I haven't imagined them having a baby together. At all? Do you think that's where they're going with it, Pierre? I hope so. I, d- I, d- I always feel I always feel with um, the archers that uh, it's impressive how thorough they are, mm. and especially and sorry, I'm going to repeat myself a little bit, um, but uh, especially with down down to four episodes, there doesn't tend to be much fat on it. So when something's in there, it tends to be leading some somewhere. So like they haven't. They've paired off Tracy and Jazza, but they're obviously building more into the relationship. They keep they're giving it more legs. So I wonder if that's going to sort of um we're gonna find us find something mm. interesting happening in the next couple of months. But how old is Tracy? I want to say I want to say my age, forty six. I never she know. She is forty six. Yeah, I mean that's another reason why she probably won't be wanting to have Oh, I'm not saying she wants to have a kid. Yeah, you I'm, think it'd be an 100% accident. think it'd be okay. an accident, exactly. And, uh, you know, and Little Pavilion, or whatever its name will have to be, sort of <laughs> Brooklyn Beckham style, will, uh, you know, be a, a very pleasant surprise. I don't think a 46-year-old woman like Tracy with two kids would have an accident. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I'm happy. I, I hope I'm. I hope I'm right, no matter how implausibly. But um, you know, and there's not what's said with any particular ego. But Kerry, you were talking mm. about earlier on about um, about Lizzie, mm. Lizzie's um, anger with uh, um, anger with what's his name Rex yeah. and the Fair Brothers. Do you, did you? I mean, obviously it was all a bit weird, wasn't it? Like you had the. You had um, the, 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 the acorn-dappled glade appear out of nowhere, perfect pig conditions that apparently has just been hiding under the noses of all these, these, these farmers for generations. Yeah. And then also Lizzie sort of comes in with this really strong dislike of Rex. And mm. I, I was quite I was pleased to hear from Lizzie, but did you, what did you, do you think, where do you think that's going? Oh, yeah, there was a weird, the cliffhanger bit on that episode was very sort of hammerly, soap-tastic, I thought, when 
Lizzie said, I'm sorry, darling, but the answer is no. Uh, so it's obviously not going to be no. I think it will all happen. Uh, yeah, it has to, doesn't yeah. it? I mean, we, we can't suffer another oh, failed, um, a failed land grab from Rex. Yeah, no. I mean, why? She, Lizzie reeled off the reasons why, didn't she? The smell and... They all sounded quite good to me. That, that they'll escape. Um, they're not going to escape. I, I, I thought they were quite lame. If the, I was at a uh, wedding and a bunch of pigs rang in... It'd be uh, funny. Rang in? No, they wouldn't call. If they <laughs> ran in... Well, I'd be I'd be more impressed with the with the former, but if they did the latter, <laughs> I would still be quite happy. Yeah, and a bit of pig smell in the countryside is fine, isn't it? I was at a wedding in Australia where the um, the neighbour's dog was in every single picture, lying in the front. <laughs> it was f-ing enormous. It was a you know like a, a Great Dane or something, and it had its lipstick out the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much every shot that was mattered had that had dog dick <laughs> front and center. So yeah, like like Matthew, I'd be over the moon if there was pigs everywhere at a wedding. Oh, yeah. As long as it was my wedding, as long as the as long as the bride and groom, you know, as long as the bride and groom were down with it as well, I'd be very happy. Can I just ask you a question? A burning question. Yes. Which is to do with cystitis. No, it isn't. It's to do with <laughs> Harrison. And I want to know whether you two think Harrison did the right thing. It was a bit cack-handed, wasn't it? I think he... I mean, we had this conversation last week. Should he tell her? Should he not? I think he he probably had to tell her. Uh, I didn't... She was hearing everything firsthand. Yeah, she she's mm. an alcoholic. She made a pass at me. Everything, it was condensed. Mm. I think he did the best he could. Peter. Chris has obviously put him in a difficult situation. I just feel like I just feel like it was always mm. going to happen that he was going to have to cause problems with his own marriage. Because I just yeah. don't like I said earlier on, I don't think Fallon will be able to put it down that easily. It's too much to no matter mm. how sensible a woman she is, and she's a very fine and sensible woman person, I don't mm. think she'll be able to put it down. But because it's Chris who put Harrison in this tricky situation, I think Harrison should have told Chris what's happened and made Chris realise, persuaded Chris, that he, he and Alice have to seek help. Yeah, I don't now. yeah, I don't think I don't I think you're absolutely right. I don't think it was fair on Chris to break his word and not tell him. I think he yeah. could have said he should have he should have said to Chris I've, yeah. I've had to break my word because my marriage to Fallon is obviously more important yeah. than that. And, uh, you know, wedding vows, etc. But, uh, you know, you, this unfortunately, this is the reason why. Mm. Yeah. And in his professional capacity sort of thing, not exactly, but with a professional head on, at least, he should be insisting to Chris that Chris and Alice go and sort themselves out. I think that he could quite reasonably turn around to Chris and say, you know, I'm as to your point, Kerry, I can no longer cover up things. I'm going to have to be professional about this. So you need to go, like you're saying, you need to go and seek help because I, I can, I can only continue to be a friend if I'm able to act honestly. Yeah. That has to happen. I think, which is why I was saying earlier on, who is going to sort of take this to the next level. It's got to be somebody soon. 
And he's the best placed person to sort of push it, I think, at the minute. We've done it. We've talked a lot about the archers, which is all we ever promised to do. So, you know, well done us. Um, last last week, I waffled on at length about um, the fact that we were thinking about doing some adverts or some Patreon, and we got uh, quite a sizable amount of feedback, which is which is really much appreciated. But everyone was very kind, and it suddenly made us think that what we were doing was we were um, spending all of that kindness, all of that goodwill that's been pouring in, which we, which we've appreciated so much, on the wrong thing. And instead, we should be asking you to potentially just spread the word and try and to help us get um, even more listeners. And then we were thinking, well, OK, we're not going to if we did do a Patreon thing, that's that's a bit weird at the moment. Perhaps what we could do is say if we double our listenership, we will do a Q&A with um, one of us. And obviously the big fish, the big star, the, the big kahuna. Um, interview-wise, and and also coincidentally, the person with the most interesting life is our Kerry Warby. So Kerry has agreed to do <laughs> a um, what's that noise, Kerry? <laughs> yeah, I, I was literally. <laughs> I thought that was a lot of the demure, demure, demure little. <laughs> it's either that or I'm clearing of the throat. I couldn't figure out what it was. I thought it. I thought it was a, a, a spasm of modesty from Kerry there. But yeah, no. But, um, uh, no, I was about to say. I actually mm. stopped myself from saying an uncharacteristic spasm of modesty. But um, <laughs> so yeah, so if we can double our listenership, if you can um, spread the word, then that'd be amazing, and we will get Kerry to do an extra episode where you can then write in with any questions you've got about her amazing life in Brighton how does she cook lamb shank um ex- you know how on earth do you survive an, uh, a, a night out when you are um what are you Kerry 43 something like that <laughs> I can't remember exactly yeah <laughs> you had a little titter um so anyway so that seems like a good idea um and and no one has said otherwise so far so uh, we will do that and we will try and get together some materials so that if anyone does want to join in and take that seriously, then they can um, chip in. Um, did I did I get that right? Did I sort of say that yeah. in a sort of sensical way? Yeah, I think I, I, I want it to be known that you can literally ask me anything. Yeah, Kerry, Kerry's, Kerry is known for many things, being warm, gregarious, but honesty is, is up there, isn't it? Top five absolute yeah. unflinching honesty so Kerry's the right person for this job for that reason as well go for it yeah Matthew um you will be number two <laughs> I want it to be known that you can well, ask me anything <laughs> specifically <laughs> between the years 2001 to 2007 so so the man who's moved had to move country had to move country <laughs> count it five times you can't ask him anything interesting yeah. I was just on holiday that year for those six years okay <laughs> Uh, well guys thank you both for um, putting up with me Uh, I really enjoyed it as always Um, and uh, um, I have been buzzing um, after the last couple of weeks and couldn't wait to do this one same me too right so um, so what's the what's the plan next week more of the same I don't see why not yeah let's hope Adam doesn't show up (laughs) let's hope Adam doesn't show up yes who knows who could show up? I'm not going to say her name. I'm not. <laughs> um, let, I'm going to quickly say stop then before <laughs> before it's too late. Well, um, thanks again. Keep well, everyone. See you later. Bye. Bye. Hang on. 
Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.